All right. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Down the Middle. As you can see, rocking the new punk shirt, picked up in Chicago. I was one of about a million people wearing these. So I'm assuming that this week, uh, even though we do talk about WWE Japan and Ring of Honor and all AEW. I assume we're going to talk about just AEW this week. Yeah. It's going to be in. It's going to be in. How can I put it? An all-out podcast this week. All certainly an all-elite podcast. Okay, we'll go with that one. All elite. Oh yes, it is because I exited out of it like a moron. Anyway, um, so, so we'll kind of we just... Sorry, go go ahead. We had fun. Oh, a lot of fun. It was a really good set of shows. I will say this. Having been to WWE events, AEW events, and like indie wrestling events, AEW events are some of the best consistently. Or actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. They're the best. They're the best live events to go to, period. Because there's, you just get so much bang for your buck, pun intended. Yeah, they. What's funny is, I think we talked about a, a not recent episode, but a, I think it was a few episodes ago. Like, like did I think we did a top tier of companies, and we said uh, WWE was still number one, and AEW was still number two, but you know they're closing again. Now it's. AEW's here, WWE's here. Certainly in terms of events that I would pay to go to. Uh, I'm thinking in general. Uh, I don't know. It depends on what you're, how you're looking at it. Um, in terms of like quality of a wrestling company, I'd agree with that. But money, it, it just depends. It depends on how you're looking at it. But AEW's definitely, uh, they're, they've come a lot further than even I thought they would be. In the short right. amount of time, right. which we like, um, I'm not trying to stick too much on WWE right now, but um, there's nothing going for them on WWE. Yeah, so and, funny, so funny story. I was, and granted, I've been sick all week, but I came home, tried to watch. I shouldn't say I tried to watch. I started watching Raw. Literally fell asleep. And by the end of the show, I could still tell you what, like, I hadn't missed a thing. Nothing of consequence happened. Is that the same thing for SmackDown? I have not watched SmackDown this week yet. I did, I tried to watch NXT, and, like, I'm sorry, but... I'm not sure, can I, can I just go ahead and tell you, tell you let me just give you the rundown? Can I just go, give you the go rundown? For go for it. Okay. Raw is nothing but Raw is run by RK Bro. Yeah. I'm sorry. Bobby Lashley is the WWE Almighty WWE Champion. He is, yes. But Raw, the thing that everybody wants to go to Raw to see is RK Bro. Which I think is dumb. Well, I think, I mean, I think they're, waste, they're wasting Matt Riddle and they're basically just giving Orton something to do, which is. Why is Orton not fighting? <laughs> Why is Orton not going for the WWE Championship? Uh, he is, though. I mean, is he? Because it seems like he's playing around with Matt Riddle. 
No, he's, no, he's going, going. No, no Extreme Rules is going to be him and Bobby for the WWE title. Yeah, yeah, I know they set that up, but my point. You know what I mean. Like I know he's going for the WWE title, but it it's almost as though like it's just something that he kind of tripped over. And SmackDown is nothing but setting up for the Demon and Finn Balor against Roman, and then also Brock Lesnar's back because now he wants to show the title, but yet Paul Heyman's in the middle and yada yada, which I think they just need to put Roman and Brock in a special title. And hang uh, Paul Heyman above the ring in a shark cage. That's me. That's, that's besides the point. Yeah, because we've never seen Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns ever. I know, because uh, they have nobody else to face, the, you know, Roman Reigns, because they don't build stars. Which AEW does, which that's the whole point of the podcast right now. Well, but speaking, before we get onto the good stuff, I want to... So, going back to what I was saying about NXT, it's like... I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. I remember when NXT was like, can't miss television. Yeah, well. And I started watching it, and there was a... And I hate to say it this way, because you know me, I, I don't like to shit on the work or the workers, but I will still call it like it is. They started with a women's match with two people who I don't I don't even know who the fuck... I don't even know who they are. So I'm like, why am I like, why am I watching this? And I, I didn't care to watch it. So I fast forwarded, and then they do multiple segments of this goofy ass bachelor party for Dexter Loomis. Which, well, they're getting married now. Then they just get yeah, together yeah. like a week or two ago. Uh, about, a couple, about a few weeks ago, yes. And now I think it was not this takeover, but the last takeover, one of the two. They finally got together in between, and yes, now they're finally getting married. It's fucking dumb. I mean, I'm sorry. It's fucking dumb, and it's nothing against the wrestlers. It's just the booking slash right. I'm not even going to call it booking. The writing is fucking stupid. I mean, it's dumb. It's fucking dumb. I'm sitting here watching, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, Johnny No-Face and his band of merry men are going go-karting. Why am I watching this on a wrestling program? Uh, because Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard run NXT now. And it shows. I'm sorry, I feel like I channeled my inner Jim Cornette there. Well, I mean, Triple H is out of action for a couple weeks now because of what happened. Though, but, uh, Which, yes, I, I, and I heard I heard that went okay. I heard that went all right. Yes, so, and I didn't know about it until, like, the other day. I'm like... Oh crap, that's not good. But uh, yeah, but, he's H- inside of here and, yeah, but uh, he hasn't been. Yeah, but Triple H hasn't been in charge of NXT for quite some time now. At least not well, solely. No, well, he he still was, but I think up until now, he's done. Yeah. Like he'll still be sort of running it, but Vince and Bruce are grumpy over seeing everything from here on out. Well, what I mean is like. When NXT was good, Triple H was running the entire ship. Right. And he hasn't been running the entire ship by himself for quite a while. Really, I think since no. the pandemic, at least. No, I, I no, 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 no. Since the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah. No, 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 no. He, well, even during the pandemic, it was him and Sean. 
doing everything with the show. It was pretty much DX running NXT to a degree because even Road Dog's down there in the NXT now on the brand as one of the producers. So, well, it's gone to shit. <laughs> AEW came and kicked its ass. But again, it shouldn't. I know it shouldn't have, but it did. It just goes to show you. I don't know, but anyway, AEW uh, did a much better job that week. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, I guess we'll kick it off. There we go. Okay. I thought something was happening in the stream. So, Dynamite on September 1st was preceded by AEW Dark Elevation. Um, Elevation was okay. I don't think any of the matches were like, holy shit, that was amazing. But, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was, I'll put it this way, it was more entertaining than NXT. I didn't get to watch Elevation, though. I got I watched Dynamite and Rampage. And... It was, it was oh, all right. Man. Leading up into All Out was, yes. Like, it was a good setup for to go into All Out, especially for all the matches. Um, but Dynamite specifically feature, opened with a really good match between FTR and Proud and Powerful. Yes. I mean, yes, very, yes, yes. very good match. It's like, because you and I talked about this when when AEW came to Indy and Santana Ortiz faced Private Party. Yeah. And it was not a bad, it was not a good match. It was a shit show match. And it was, it was a botchamania of epic proportions. It was a botchamania, but they, they've come around since then. And they oh, had, yeah, like, the highlight the highlight of that match when they were in Indy was my uh, my girlfriend at the time talking shit in Spanish to Santana. <laughs> huh. Oh, that was hilarious. And at um, one point he just kind of looks over and he's just like Yeah, see. Uh, but yes, their their match was amazing. It's like it just proves that that is tag team wrestling. Right yeah, there. it was very good. Tag team wrestling, uh, all the false finishes and everything else for their match, and everything they did. I was like, "Oh my god, is this actually the end? Oh, kick out! Okay, I was strapped in my, I was strapped in my seat the whole time. I was, you yep. know, I was texting you. I was texting you. I was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" Yep. And is it just me, or is Santana starting to look more and more like Eddie Guerrero in the ring? I think I mean yeah, because he's doing the he's doing the three amigos and the frog splash. Oh, I don't even mean just that. I just mean even in the way he's starting to move. Like he's definitely channeling he's definitely channeling his inner uh, Eddie Guerrero, and I like what I see. Um, after that match, the other thing that was really interesting too is the pacing of. Dynamite and Rampage is getting a lot better. 
like they're getting better at planning out the shows because after that kind of match, you needed a breather and they gave you a CM Punk promo. Right. And I will tell you guys, like anybody who's been to an AEW event knows, um, loud is an understatement. Like, like, just, like we got, like we got loud my first time, but you obviously got loud now. This is punk. Oh, and I actually, I took a, I took a video of punk coming out at Dynamite, and put it on the old uh, YouTube channel. And <laughs> it's very loud. I yeah, I, I did I didn't see that. I was like, oh my god. I'm very pleased that they're doing what we pretty well thought they were gonna be doing with Punk. He's a massive baby face right now and they're just milking it. We we know we know he's gonna be healed not now. Soon enough. He'll be healed he'll soon be, enough. He'll be, if he's not healed by the end of the year, I, I'm sorry. If he's not healed by the end of the year, then they're going to just keep him face, which, which I don't mind that. I, I like I punk is both. He's punk's going to be a baby face until his shine wears off, which I think is going to be a little while. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a face going into the following year. Um, just, like, just again, because now here's the thing. If anyone could turn himself heel convincingly in this sort of situation, it's CM Punk. Right. All, all it's going to take is one promo and he can turn himself heel. But we shall see. But uh, what became almost a cliche of the week is Punk was ambushed by Daniel Garcia and 2.0. Right, right. Which, okay, once again, you know I don't like to shit on performers, but who is Daniel Garcia? That's the thing, I don't know. Who is this dude? We, we know Wait, who we know 2.0 okay. okay. yeah, we know, we know is. Yeah, they're Ever, Everize, is that right? I think so. Yeah, Everize and NXT. Um, I apologize to all the fans out there watching and everything and listening in. Um... Daniel Garcia, I don't know who he is, but I, I like I lo- even though they were feuding, even though Punk and Darby were feuding going into the pay per view. Um, I like how they still intertwined a face team and a heel team, even though they're even though they're not together, even though they weren't together, they were still like still together per se, just because. They wanted this match to go into all out like nothing is nobody was hurt. That type of thing. I get it, but then at the same time, I don't think they needed it. And so Daniel Garcia and 2.0 are running in literally every chance they get until the pay-per-view, and then they're nowhere to be found. Like it just from a writing standpoint, it didn't make a lot of sense. I get it, they wanted to get some of that. They wanted to get some heel heat going into the match, but the heels that were getting the heat weren't involved in the match. Well, it was more of a right, but it was more of a yeah. There's this big match that's going to happen in pay-per-view. If we can do what we can to make sure this match doesn't happen, then we're the biggest heels of all time. 
Right, but at no point did it look like they were ever going to cause the match to not happen. Because I get what you're saying. That actually would have been really good. Right, but it's the whole... Yeah, they text the apocalypse. Darby Allen came down and the slave, and and they all hit their finishers at once. It's like, oh my God, yes. Like, yes. Yes, yes. And then, I'm not trying to fast forward to Dynamite, but same situation. Right, and now they just kind of picked up where they left off, but it doesn't make sense. Which, the only criticism I have of Daniel Garcia is Homeboy needs to do some squats, because he looks like... He he doesn't look very strong. Yeah, he looks very clumsy, but, you know... I mean, I like what I see. I like what I see in the ring. He's just... How do I... I'm trying to say this without sounding like a dick because I like Daniel Garcia. I like what he's doing. I just don't know who he is. Um, he, he needs to hit some weights because if he's going to be an intimidating heel, he's got to look stronger than he does. Right. Now, I say that, and then, and then I immediately remember somebody like Zack Sabre Jr., so... Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> sure. Um, but I don't know. It, it's it's almost comical sometimes when Daniel Garcia is in a match with someone. Like, with Darby Allen, yeah, he looks all right. But even next to CM Punk, he just looks small. Yeah, he does. Certainly next to Sting. I mean, I've been next to Sting, and he's a giant, so... He's a big dude. I, I, I know you... Right, I know, like, you see it in person, but, like, you know, from where you sat at, but, like, I'm I'm here. He was here. Like, I had a yeah, no, of the guy. no, and you can, you can get an idea of that size. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, anyway, so it was a good promo. It did what it was supposed to do. The run-in was just kind of like, eh, whatever, cheap heat, but... After that, Jericho did a great interview with Jim Ross. Yes. Crowd, crowd was super into that. Yes. Good promo, um, promo. And he actually did something I didn't think he was going to like, because I figured he was going to win the match against MJF. But during that promo, I actually kind of thought, I'm like, oh, maybe he is going to transition out of the ring. Well, I don't. I mean, I mean he's, he's not because he won the match, but spoiler alert. But, uh, you know, he made, me, he made me believe for a second that maybe he's not going to win this match. But that's the whole thing. He can point you in and then it's like, oh, oh, oh. Chris Jericho, <laughs> Chris Jericho made me believe he might lose, possibly lose a match during a promo in which he outlined all the reasons why he has to win the match. Yes, he it's did. Like, wow, that's good. And that's why he's one of the best mic talkers of all time. And that is, he is good. Um, after that, we had Brian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Pretty decent match. It looked as though Cage was going to win before Ricky Starks snuck down to the ring and Hit him in the face with the FTW title. Yep. And enabled Powerhouse Hobbs to uh, get the win. And then after that was the main event, which was the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers versus... 
No, it was the eight-man tag. Yes, you're right. It was the eight-man tag. Young Bucks, it was the elite against Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express. I, I threw verses in there, I meant and, but yeah, you're right. It was the eight-man tag. And Which, then, that match, oh my oh god. god. I, I'm, I'm going to say, oh my god, god, god. It was good. I'd love I'd that love match. That it was good. And then after the match, uh, they had some kind of story where Don Callis had found the key to lower the cage, and they lowered the cage and proceeded to beat the living crap out of everyone. Which, I'm going to say this right now, I know you're a big Young Buck Mark, Young Buck fan, but I will even say this, though. Those super kicks, oh my god. It was too many of them. Huh? It was, uh, I'll tell you one thing. They might have looked stiff on TV. Um, not so much there. Not so much there? Nope. And it was funny. There was another match where, um, I because I was able to watch, I can't remember if it was, I think it was on AEW Dark, um, where it kind of looked a little suspect live, but on TV it looked fine. It looked stiff and fine and great. Okay. okay. So well, it just goes to show you what a camera angle can do because they, they didn't look all that stiff in real life. That's why I kind of still think it looked a little silly. Well, when it kept well, going, going back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you watch it back, I don't know if you record AEW or not. I saw the highlights. Um, I saw the highlights okay, okay. that they played on All Out. So I, and I even thought that I was like, wow, those look a lot better on TV. I caught every single leg slap when he was doing it. Hey, you can't do that. Oh, sorry, that's better to me. Sorry, sorry. No, no wrestling. You can you can suck your leg. No, get it. No, get it. Get it, baby. Sorry. Yeah, but uh which I'm going to touch on this more a little bit later, but let's just say Kenny Omega's weaknesses are starting to really show as a performer. And I don't know why. I think maybe it's because he's more in charge of booking himself than he was in like new Japan. Kenny Omega should not be allowed to grab a microphone and say whatever he wants to say. Because he clearly doesn't know what he should be saying. Because so I'd say about I'd say about seventy percent of what comes out of his mouth on the microphone is dumb as hell. It sounds so stupid. It doesn't sound like he's tough. It doesn't make him sound intimidating. It doesn't make him sound like a legitimate champion or even a good wrestler. Like a lot of it's goofy and nerdy in a bad way. So you're saying, he's, he's, so you're saying other than him being a good wrestler, he's the ultimate warrior? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good analogy there. And for all the people at home that doesn't understand, watching all the warrior promo, all the ultimate warrior promo, and then you see him talking, Kenny Omega's talking, then you're like, oh, now we get it. It didn't make sense. But at least the Ultimate Warrior, when he talked, it made sense for his character. It was just goofy as hell. Well, 
right because like right but because he's talking about the space and the the parts unknown and everything none of it did make sense there's only one promo i think that man ever cut and i just watched it recently sorry for going off topic here i watched this here recently it's from a paper yes yeah, from a old SummerSlam 89 a student referee for the intercontinental title and the promo makes sense because he's talking about winning the belt back like right. this makes sense why can't you do this all the time yep and but here's it, going back to kenny omega i think i figured out when i disliked kenny as champion because like i'm over it now but i'm not over it because he's been champion too long i'm over it because he's been talking and being silly for way too long you have don Callis as a manager let him talk kenny omega doesn't need to be talking Kenny Omega needs to show up with the belt and look intimidating. But he doesn't because he's dressing and acting like a fucking dork. Because they're, because, I'm sorry, you're going to be mad at me for this. They're the elite. They can do whatever they want. Well, they are looking like a bunch of dorks. They got Cutler who's wearing that mask. I get why Cutler's doing it because Cutler's their goof stooge. Okay, I, well, get why, I get why Michael Nakazawa is doing it because he's one of their goof stooges, but the Young Bucks coming out wearing male rompers and Kenny wearing whatever the fuck he wears, which, I mean, they're, they just look like a bunch of dorks. So you're saying that you want Kenny Bullet Club, Kenny? No, I mean, yeah, who doesn't, but... That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. You're like, you want the elite as the elite as they were when it was Bullet Club elite. Not I want, elite. I want the elite as good heels, not being goofy, silly, sophomore, just just fucking dorks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, so yeah, essentially, like what I don't, I don't want it to sound like that. I just want Bullet Club, which I mean, I do, but. I'd be okay even if they weren't specifically how they were in the Bullet Club, but if they were just more, like, actually cool heels and less just, like, again, dorks. Like, I used to give Jim Cornette shit for referring to <laughs> Kenny Omega as Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang, but I get it. I totally get it. And here's the thing. I like Kenny Omega. I really like Kenny Omega. I like him less now than I ever have. So much so that even a few podcasts ago, I was like, oh, I don't want them to take the belt off him for a long time. I want that belt off of him. I want him to be off TV for a minute. I'm sick of looking at him. I'm, not sick, of him. I'm sick of listening to him talk. Well, we will get to this point later on in the podcast of who I think is going to take it. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to shit on Omega more when we get to the all out portion, because there was just one thing and it was a great match. And there was one moment that flat out took me out of it. And I'm like, God damn it, Kenny. I didn't get to watch it, the pay-per-view because I was at work, but I, I did read. So we'll get, we'll get to that. So, but anyway, now we move on to rampage and, before and after Rampage, because um, they did part before and part after, they recorded AEW, AEW Dark, which was a really good AEW Dark. 
Okay. It was a really good. So backtracking to Dynamite. So as you're well aware, what AEW will do, particularly for Dark and Dark Elevation, is they showcase their younger talent. But what they will also do is sometimes they will invite local talent to appear on the show. Okay. There was a wrestler there on both nights by the name of Sky Blue. And she is from Joliet, Illinois. All right. She had a pretty good match for AEW Dark Elevation. I was very entertained, kind of surprised. Like, I just didn't think I would be that engaged in the match. And then on AEW Dark, she took on uh, Red Velvet. And I actually am going to throw some shit at the commentary team for this one because, again, when I was live, I couldn't listen to commentary. So the crowd was solidly behind Sky Blue, obviously, because she was local. But the crowd actually, I'm pretty confident the crowd changed what was supposed to happen in the match. I think it was supposed to be a fairly straightforward, almost a squash match. But Sky Blue was able to get a lot more offense in and a few near falls. And you could kind of see there there was some talking going back and forth between Red Velvet and the referee. And so I think they were getting some direction backstage because the crowd was like Red Velvet's uh, Red Velvet's a face. And the crowd was booing the shit out of her. Ouch. Well, but they weren't so much well, it's not, but it's not her fault because of where they were out. Right. Well, and it's because the crowd was 100% behind Sky Blue. Right. Um, and like I said, she got in a lot more offense than you typically see from, like, a local jobber. <sighs> okay. And, again, she got a really solid near, near fall. I thought for a second they might have changed the ending because I literally thought she was going to win. She almost got that three count. But then after the match, which was really, really good and kind of long for a dark match of that kind, uh, they're going back up the ramp and Tony Khan comes out and says, you know, like, let's get Sky Blue back out here. And then he invites her to appear at the Battle Royale on Sunday at All Out. And you can find this video on YouTube. And actually, I think they showed the part where Tony invited her on the episode of Dark, but they didn't show like the crowd reaction and all that. And the reason I want to throw some hate at the commentary team is because they basically were making a joke of it until about three quarters of the way through the match. And they were actually, it seemed like they were trying their best to talk over it. Okay. Because, because, of, what, because, because of what's supposed to be like that. And like, okay, we can't, we can't really do that, but it's like, oh, well. Exactly. <clears throat> That's why well, I that think point, they changed. That's why I think they changed the match a little bit. But at that, at that point, point, it's like, like the people, people backstage, as they're talking to the ref, they're supposed to be talking to the commentators too, like, hey, quit shitting on it and everything, you actually be serious with this now. Which I think is what happened. It's 100% what I think happened. And I'm going to bitch about this a little bit more during the All Out segment, but Sky Blue was in the Casino Battle Royale at All Out. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she's signed soon to AEW. I think she's going to appear as a talent more often, but I wouldn't be surprised if she gets a contract soon because she's pretty good. All right. Well, I'll she definitely, I'll she definitely got part. the crowd behind her. I'll get to that part when we get to All Out. I'll yep. ask you about that. 
Um, what else happened on Rampage? Oh, oh, yeah, we're on Rampage. The first match, opening match, was uh, Malachi Black versus Lee Johnson. Really good match. Yes, yes, it was. It's, uh, especially the ending and everything. He's like, he's he's goading him in. He's like, come on, do it, do it, do it. And he's just standing there and everything. So the chair, he's like, because he's so worn out because he got his butt whooped. It's like, and then next thing you know, black mask, right? Well, and you want to talk about a match that was stiff. Yeah. That match was stiff. Yeah. Oh, and for anybody who doesn't uh, know, uh, Mr. Mr. here was on Rampage. Yeah, so it was funny. Um, So for Rampage and for AEW Dark, I happen to be on the side of the ring that the hard cam faces. And I'm thinking, like, oh, you can't see me. I'm totally blocked. And then he's like, nope, you're very visible. So if you look in if you look in the right spot, you'll see a down the middle T-shirt. It is very visible because it's like you see you see him, you see the shirt, and it's. And I was like, you didn't see versus the the name of the show, and he's like, no, no, you don't. I'm like, yes, you do. Send me a screenshot. And I'm like, oh damn, you can. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, but that was a really good match, and it set up for uh, Malachi Black versus Dustin Rhodes on the following. Dynamite, yeah. And then after that, we had Chris Statlander in a handicap match against Jamie yeah. Hader and Rebel. Yes. Kind of wondering how Jamie Hader, if she's such a heavy hitter, which she is, loses a handicap match. But, you know, I'm not booking it. Nope. nope. But Jamie Hader and Rebel, I... I guess you could have had it. The The ending of the match was weird because again, I think they were trying to protect Jamie Hayter because she is such a heavy hitter, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But she was basically just standing outside the, which again, I don't think you get to see on TV, but in the live watching it live, it looked, it just looked mm-hmm. kind of silly. She's just standing on the outside of the ring when rebel gets pinned. She's just standing there watching. I know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. So I guess we're, I guess we're doing the day. I I think they would have almost been better off to have it be Chris Statlander versus Jamie Hayter and actually have Statlander just get the better of her. But it would have been hard fought. But anyway, I digress. It was a, it was a kind of a match. Yeah, it was. And then there were some interviews and whatnot, but the main event was Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia. With CM Punk on commentary. Yep, which I didn't hear the commentary. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It was funny. Damn it. Now I I have to go back and watch it. I'll just say this. There was a WWE reference in there. Okay. Don't ruin it for me. I'm going to go back and watch it. I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure oh. you can guess what it is. What 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 Jericho asked? I'm sure you can ask. Oh, Here. I forgot. Jer- no, no, no. I want to go back and watch it. Don't ruin it. Okay. Okay. I forgot Jericho was on commentary. Oh, that I bet that was funny. Um, but you actually reminded me of something. So, or Daniel Garcia reminded me of something. So, on that episode of AEW Dark, I don't know if you can hear it, but it was very loud in the crowd. Um, <laughs> 2.0 had a match against two local guys. Uh-huh. 
The entire crowd is chanting, let's go, jobbers. <laughs> Holy <hilarious>. crap. <laughs> I mean, they just hate 2.0. But they were like, let's go, jobbers. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that crowd was, uh, it was very loud and very funny. There were a lot of really funny chants going on. Now, when now, they, they say, say that, that Chicago was one of the best wrestling towns, they are one of the best wrestling towns. Oh, there's always. It's, and in fact, when I, even when I was at All In, the crowd was really good and really funny. <laughs> so if you get a chance to go see AEW in Chicago, I highly recommend it. The Now Arena is a really good arena, too. Yeah, the match, typical Darby Allen. Daniel Garcia match, yada yada, and then next thing you know, here comes 2.0. Yep. Which, I mean, everyone kind of saw that. Kind of figured. And it's like, is CM Punk going to do it? He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And here he came. (laughs) Made the save. Yep. And then I went to FanFest for five minutes. (laughs) And you. Yeah, you went for five minutes, and then as soon as you left, you just came what straight, straight back home. Yep. Oh, surprised you didn't go to G. Surprised you didn't. Oh, okay, you couldn't stay then that night, could you? I mean, I probably could have if I wanted to, but surprised you didn't go to GCW. I didn't know they were there. Yeah, they were there that weekend. I I don't think I would pay to go to a GCW show. It's not really my kind of wrestling. So that means, oh, so that means you don't know what happened, then, do you? Uh oh, John Moxley's the champion now. Yeah, at their at their show. Yeah, which is why he was wearing a GCW hoodie at All Out. Yeah, it was. Uh, they had their War Games match, and then Macaroni is like dressed in wrestling gear, yada yada, like you normally would. You know, with the trunks and everything, which is weird because you know there's like tubes and everything all across the ring and everything. And then here comes somebody dressed up like like uh, a mass no face guy, all doing his thing and everything. It's like, okay, that's Moxley, that's obviously. This is a clip that I've seen. And then next thing you know, he gives the paradigm shift to, to, uh, to Gordona, and stands up, takes stuff off, and he gives him another one, and the bigger one. Um, ends up one, two, three to one the bell. I'm like, okay, I get it. Because Cardona was only in there just to get the belt off the gauge. One of his roads are supposed to be Moxley off the gauge. And he was always stuck in there for the belt. But it's like he just made a universal GCW spinner belt. Cardona did. Oh, no. The belt, the belt <coughs> GCW title. It says GCW in the middle of the plate. It spins. This is universal champion on it. Oh, he's trying to get some John Cena heat. Well, he came out with both belts. I don't know. Oh, speaking of speaking of both belts, did they do away with the TN, TNA title again? Yes, they did. I was going to say because I only see Christian Cage uh, carrying around the Impact World Title. Yes, the uh, shell after he won the um, both belts, the Impact, get a undisputed world title. 
uh, following uh, Impact uh, episode, he gave the belt to David Penzer, the announcer, and retired the belt. He's like, there's no reasoning for two belts. There's also going to be the one. Yep, I agree with that. It was kind of cool at the time, but it, it, was, it was time to go back to one belt. All right, so now we get to All Out, which was a really good pay-per-view. Well, like I said, I only read about it, read on it and everything. I didn't, I didn't watch it that well. All right, well, we'll go over it for those of you who don't. Uh, this is less of telling you what happened and more just like us bitching and moaning about what we didn't like and praising what we did like. But there was a lot that I liked. Um, in the buy-in, the opening match, we had HFO versus the best friends and Jurassic Express. It was a fun match. It, um, before we do, before we delve deep into this little feud here, is Trey injured? Yes, he just had shoulder surgery, I believe. So is that why they put Wheeler Yuta with him? Yeah, but I think he'll stick around. I think he'll be staying okay. in AEW. But yeah, that's that's why they brought Wheeler Yuta in. Okay. Okay. I was just, I was just curious because I'm like, I'm like, um, I haven't seen Trent for a good long time. Yeah. No, he's still out recovering from that surgery, I believe. Okay. Okay. Um, their feud is different. Weird. I. I mean, uh, I, I like the feud and everything, but it's like it's a numbers game with HFO. Yeah, and here's the only thing I don't like about FHFO. Um, it seems to have taken some tag teams that were doing pretty okay on their own, and now they're doing less okay. Like, I, okay, I get private party and I do. Yeah, I get that, but I think they would have worked better as a babyface team, like a mentor coaching the young, like how that started. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, and but let's now, be real here. Out of all of Matt Hardy's personas, I think Big Money Matt is one of the least favorite. This is the second time he's done this gimmick, though. Oh, I know. It's the second time he's done all the gimmicks. <laughs> well, <laughs> the first time he did this gimmick when he was, he was on the indies doing Ring of Honor stuff. That was, that was between the whole Edge, him and Lita thing. Oh, so this will be the third time then, because he did it in TNA also, did he not? I forgot about that. Yeah, so this would be the third time he's done Big Money Matt. <laughs> Dang, Matt Hardy. Uh, I liked it when they were switching between his multiple personalities. I thought it was funny. <clears throat> uh, yeah, they're... they're I, 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 here's my thing. I, you know, when they first start, when TNA, oh, TNA, sorry, I apologize. I totally sorry. When all, when all the wrestling first started, they're trying to, they're, you know, just doing regular wrestling and everything and every, all that stuff. And when you said earlier, you're glad that Dynamite Rampage has got the format now to where they can base it off of what storyline is here, what feud is here and everything. That's something that they're finally getting it, within the last Last year, they finally like, okay, now we got feuds. Now we got storylines of like who to go with. 
their storyline feud is like okay, but one of my other one of my other concerns is like we've we've also talked about this too is there's too many groups. Factions. I don't know that I don't know that there's too many factions, but kind of finishing my point. So you like I said, you've got three tag teams that were doing okay on their own, and now they're lumped into this group, and it doesn't. I don't get why any of them would align with Matt Hardy. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Money? <clears throat> well, yeah, but, I mean... That's not the reason why. I mean, I you know. see... I mean, you see, which ones... Which ones with the bunny? Blade or Butcher? Which one's what? Which one's oh, with... the, the Blade. Okay, you, but here's the thing. that You only see... You see Blade more than you do Butcher. Well, Butcher was on tour, and he returned at um, All Out. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he was That's on tour true. with his band. That's so, right. yeah, for temporarily, I would see the Blade. But, again, you could have just had him competing as a singles. But, I mean, I, I digress. I just I don't see where they're going with it. Not saying it's going to be bad. I'm just saying, as of right now, I don't get what they're doing. So it's not it's not coming across as going anywhere. And TH two, like I don't know. I I like those two a lot. But they can, I, they, can, they can do it on their own. That's what I'm saying. They don't need Matt Hardy, or at least not this version of Matt Hardy. Like you no, said, I, I can see Matt Hardy mentoring Private Party. But the other two, I don't understand what's going on. But again, right. could be wrong. Right, but that's what I was saying. Like, if you look at if you look at every single person on the roster, up until before All Out ends, because I'm not saying because we know what happened at the end of All Out. Okay, up until All Out ends, everybody is in a group or type of a team. For the most part, yeah. Even Christian's in a in a team. Christian, yeah. I mean, Christian's with the Jurassic Express. I mean, yeah, somewhat unofficially. Well, okay, well, well, like if you see if you see someone having Jurassic Express, you see Christian. You see someone having Christian, you see Jurassic Express. Uh, and Kingston and Moxley, they're a team. So, like, you actually see, minus the women. Okay, as obviously there's some groups in the women too. More, more so than men, do you actually see any person by themselves, other, other right, technically right now, other than Punk? Well, and even you could even make the case that he's palling around with Sting and Darby, or at least he will be. Well, okay, fine, that's fine. So technically, you don't have nobody on the own when it comes to that. No, not really. But I mean, I guess that kind of that kind of mirrors real life if you think about it, though, because who doesn't have a friend group, you know, that you hang out with at work for the most part? All right, but that just goes to the fact that what I was saying before is they touch the prospect of what they do in New Japan and brought it to AEW with the whole group thing. So, but I digress. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that out of their whole feud that they've had so far, Matt Hardy being busted up was very funny. It really was because it was a complete accident. 
That did look that did look like it hurt a lot. Oh man. But um, anyway, so our opening contest once the pay-per-view started. The TNT champion Miro defends his title against Eddie Kingston. Now, I want to take a moment to sing the praises of Eddie Kingston. And going back to the Chicago crowd, um, didn't come across as much in the pay-per-view, but I can tell you, Eddie Kingston can do no wrong. Now, what I mean by what I mean by that is, is he can come out and say anything and the crowd is still going to chant Eddie, Eddie. Right. Because Eddie Kingston is over. Period. Yes, he is. He is. And I totally understand why. And I, because I remember his debut and this is a testament to how good Eddie Kingston is. I've never heard of it. I mean, I, in hindsight, I think I remember seeing him in Impact at one point or another. But he, he was with Santana Ortiz. Yeah. So I think I briefly saw him, but like when he debuted, I did not know who he was, or at least I didn't click who he was. But I, I, I was immediately, I was, what, what was that? They were the new LAX. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when he came out on Dynamite to challenge Cody, even though I didn't know who he was, I was immediately paying attention to what he was doing and saying. Right. And within a couple of minutes, I was like, shit, I hope he kicked Cody's ass. <laughs> I've, I've been an Eddie Kingston fan my whole life. Like, I, because I know a lot about the business and everything. Uh, he was in an independent company called Chikara way back in the day. Well, when they were still in business. So that's like, that's how I know of him. Yeah, from highlights and stuff online and everything. I'm like, oh, he's a big bad guy. Like, don't mess with him. And he makes it believable. It's like, is this is this real or is this or is he having fun? It's like, oh no, that's real. <laughs> well, so, and then and then of course me being who I am, you know, I see this match and then I do a deep dive on Eddie Kingston, and I'm like, holy shit! Well, it's about time this dude you know, got the recognition he deserved. And then Miro wins. I'm, you know what? I'm okay with it because Miro is elevating that title right now. Right. And I would have liked, I would, I'm not going to, I would have liked to have seen, this is one of those matches where it really didn't matter who won to me. It was going to be good. Right. Like, yeah, I would have liked to see Eddie Kingston win it, but I wasn't disappointed. I, and, I, and Miro had to cheat to win, so it's not like it made Kingston look bad. Right. Um, I, aren't they going to have one more big pay-per-view before the end of the year? Full gear. Yep. Full gear. Okay. Which I believe is in November, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. If Miro still has it by the full gear, I think he will lose it then. I, I think so, too. And I'm, 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 I have no idea who they're going to get. And here's the thing. This I, I wish we could ha- ask Hazard F5 because I'd like to know the answer to this question. Is the TNT title one of those things where they're just going to change different colors to every person who wins it or what? No, I think the re- only reason why they changed it 
not because I, I have read, uh, he's talked about this uh, on his YouTube uh, posts and stuff. Uh, the reason why they changed it for him is because of where he's from, right. that area, and yeah. it involves his colors. That's what I'm saying. But if you think about it, every champion has had a different color scheme or a different color. But well, no, a different color scheme. Yeah. Well, like, well, the champions have mainly been red, but then they realized it works better with black. On a well, black didn't, they, didn't they retire it because because Brody Lee's championship was red? Well, so was Cody too. Well, I know, Cody's but was, they retired the red belt. Right, after. and I think right, and I think they're just going to go straight black. But then when Miro got it, it's like okay, he's a dominant champion. What's it still for colors? But I think as soon as Miro loses it, he'll probably just go straight back to the black, black well, belt. I guess my whole thing, though, is because I personally disagree. I liked the red title, but I kind of like the idea of a championship belt where, you know, the champion gets to somewhat customize. Like, it's the same design, but I kind of well, dig right, it. Right. No, no, I, I, I totally agree with that because, like, like I'm not trying to keep bringing up WWE or anything, but that, like, that's what they did with Warrior, well, especially when he was the IC champion and the WWE champion. Like, Shrek kept changing, like, every so every, every few months. Like, it was, uh, um, what was it? It was the black one, then it was the blue one, and then it eventually went to a white strap right there at the end when he lost it to Sergeant Slaughter. And even the IC title has changed from black to yellow to gold to white and then back to black. Oh, even baby blue. Um, so it's like, I, I get what you're saying, but like to make a belt, especially when they're, they're going to keep doing that, they're going to have to like say, hey, months in advance, hey, this is what's going to happen. You need to start making a belt. Because belts belts cost money. Yeah, but I it's not like they're not making money. You know how many I mean, of these shirts they sold at thirty bucks a pop? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but uh, they, it goes back to a story I saw on uh, it was Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. He was talking about uh, how he he was in charge of making the the belts. Yeah, and, and how he's no longer he's no longer in the belt committee. Yeah, he's not he's not allowed to make belts anymore. He's like, no, you're done. Like, oh, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. But that's Cody has a gift for storytelling. Have you seen the video where he talks about the worst match he ever had on SmackDown? Yes. Oh, that's so fun. That ref is trying to fuck on me. <laughs> Did you, see, did you see, see the story you told about him and Taker? Yes. <laughs> he's like, he he goes in, he punches him in the back and everything. He's like, oh no, I fucked up. But then he, he goes for a choke. Slide. Taker grabs him by the throat and, he, and everything. He's like, kick me and then drop kick me. He's like, what? He told me to kick a drop kick him in Madison Square Garden? I'm on the top of the world. Like, this is better than any world title I'm going to win in 5,000 years later. So this is, this is actually one of the reasons I'm excited for his reality show, because Cody seems to have, he just has a gift for telling stories. But then another really funny story he tells is about how he almost got 
um, arrested because he refused to put Pharaoh on a leash when he was letting him outside. And I guess somebody made a hubbub about it and he almost got into a fight. Wait, it's his dog. He can do whatever he wants in his yard. Well, and it's not his yard. It was at a hotel. But here's the thing. Oh. You know this story's real because as he's telling it, you just see Brandy just eye-rolling the whole time. Okay, yeah, you should have put him on a leash. But anyway, okay. So, but um, the match was really good. Miro and Eddie Kingston. Um, we actually thought Eddie was going to get it there for a minute. I kind of figured Eddie was going to lose, though, because, they again, they've been presenting Miro as such a dominant champion. Right. But they, it was very good. It was very good. Um, next match, we had John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Which makes me mad because I, I really would want to see that match. And, okay, so here's the thing, and this is going to get me some. This is going to get me some shit. I'm not a big fan of Kojima. I don't like. I don't dislike the guy, but I just I don't. Whenever I'm watching New Japan and Kojima's coming out, I'm never like, "Oh shit, Kojima!" I'm like, "Oh, it's it's a Kojima match." And if he's not wrestling someone that I particularly want to watch, I usually I'll, I'll skip it. Yeah, well, in this case, you can't say Yeah, well, that being said, I mean, it was it was a pretty good match, but the big the big thing came at the end of it after Moxley won, which was uh, Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki! Which I didn't think I'd see Suzuki in uh, all, uh, AEW. It's just one of those things that they're just doing. I mean, why not? But, uh, but he's you know, a real, but he's a real. yeah, Suzuki is. Uh, I've gone back and watched some of his fights, like his shoot fights. <laughs> yeah, he's a. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not going to talk about what happened on Dynamite. Oh, I mean, I'm sure people already know. Well, right. Uh, I'm just, we're not, we're not to that point yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten there. But anyway. So, but basically, this set up a match between Moxley and Suzuki on the following week's Dynamite. Right. Uh, next, we have Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defending her AEW Women's World Championship against Chris Statlander. You want to guess how that one ended? Yeah, a bunch of people got involved in D&D uh, 1. <laughs> yeah, pretty well. But it was, it was a pretty good match. They they told a really good story about how uh, Britt was trying to get the lockjaw a couple times and couldn't get it, and then eventually did get it, and that's how she won the match. So it was it was a pretty good match. A couple near falls. Thought, thought for a second Statlander might actually get it. Right. Uh, the next match was exceptional. It was the Young Bucks defending their AEW World Tag Team Championships against the Lucha Brothers. Yes. Great match. Which, which they have great matches all together anyways. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to be a good match. Anytime, yeah, anytime those two teams are in the ring, it's a good match. And then, uh, and then I was like, as soon as this, the matches got made, the match got made, and the stipulation got made for that match too. It was like, finally, finally. 
Oh the yeah, Lucha for, those that, for those that don't know, it was in a steel cage. But yes, it was steel cage, no outside interference. Obviously, everybody knows by now, but the Lucha Brothers are tag team champions. Yep, and this is actually a really good example of when a cage match is done right in terms of the booking leading up to it. Because like, like you said, the whole point of the cage was that there would be no outside interference. And as part of that, one of the stipulations was you didn't win by escaping the cage. You could only win by pinfall or submission. The cage was to keep people out. Yes. And yes. when they did it, and when they were able to keep people out, the Lucha Brothers won the match. Right. Thus, completely justifying the Young Bucks as a heel tag team up to the, all the way up to that point because when they couldn't cheat, they didn't win. And hell, they even tried to cheat because at one point, Brandon Cutler threw a bag over the cage and it was a shoe with thumbtacks on it that, uh, Matt, Jackson, that Matt Jackson used. Esther, Esther, oh my God. I want to know how Phoenix isn't dead. I mean, I mean Jesus. I I hate that. I get why they do the shoe thumbtack spot. I do. This is, they've been doing it for so long. It worked. Yeah. But yes, like you said, the Lucha Brothers are AEW World Tag Team Champions. Or, or was it Los Do Campeones? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay, uh, that is how you say it? No, what did you say? Los Dos Campeones? Oh, the two champions, yeah. Okay. Los, okay. Campe Los Campeones, you wouldn't need to say those. Well, same because it's tag team, but you know, <laughs> you speak you speak Spanish better than I do, sir. That's all these lies. Okay, all right. See, I am by no means fluent. Um, next match. Oh, the next match was the women's casino battle royal, where we saw the debut of Ruby Soho as the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it makes sense because uh, when she was it WrestleMania, yeah, WrestleMania, she was the Joker. Well, it made sense because it was the the way they do. Which I like how they do the casino battle royals. I think it's in, it's new and it's interesting, but it's not stupid. Like it makes sense. Now, this is where I wanted to bring some shit, bring up some shit in regards to Sky Blue, who was in the uh, women's casino battle royal. However, she was not in it for very long, and she got eliminated by being stupid. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, how, how, that's what I was going to ask you for a little bit ago. Now, how, how long was she in the Battle Royale? Oh, not long. A couple minutes at, at most. <sighs> darn, darn, darn. Yeah, she wasn't in there for very long. Which, I mean, I, I would have been fine with her being eliminated quick, but she got eliminated by acting like an idiot. Okay. What she, I don't remember exactly what she did, but basically she's gloating next to the ropes and then gets pushed out of the ring. Was she even standing on the ropes? Yes, I think she was. Oh, uh, that's why. Yeah. Okay. 
which for somebody to have had to a, a good match and a great match and showing that she knows what to do in the ring for her to be in a battle Royale and be hanging on the ropes. It just made her look dumb. Like you had, you, at some point you were going to have Nyla Rose in the ring, just have her pick her up and throw her. Like, yeah, like Nyla Rose, just like dominate everybody, throw everybody out and then pick her up and throw on top of them. Exactly. Like, I get she's a newer talent, so she's not going to get a huge spotlight in a match like that, but you don't have to make her look dumb. No, no. But I digress. Uh, we had Ruby Soho make her debut. She and Thunder Rosa were able to eliminate Nyla Rose, and then they had a pretty good fight on basically on the outside of the ring. But, yeah, we called that. Ruby Soho came to AEW, we figured. Yep, yep. Which, 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 I get, I, I understand why she can't use Ruby Riot because obviously it's never going to be owned. And Soho, I don't understand. I, I don't want to know what Soho means. But I, I understand why. To me, it's, I, I, I get why she's using the name. I do. Because that's what she's, that's what she's no, more known as. Now, her old wrestling name, and she's done the Indies before she debuted, before she signed with WWE. She doesn't look like her name. Her name would just be Heidi Lovelace. Yeah. Okay. And you see Ruby now. Do you see her as a Heidi? No. Right. No, it makes sense. But, and for the record, Soho is a neighborhood in New York City. Oh, okay. Well, that I did not know. Even though she's from here. <laughs> yeah. Well, she make, she represents the Hoosier State pretty well. South Bend, I think it was. Lafayette. Anyway. And they and they built her from Lafayette, Indiana, which was pretty cool that they got that specific. Oh, they did do that? Yep. From Lafayette, Indiana, Ruby Soho. Oh, sweet. Sweet. Yep. yep. It was pretty cool. Thank you, Not, Justin. Thank you. Yep. Oh, Justin Roberts was over is over as hell. <laughs> this guy gets standing ovations and chants every time he comes out. But yes, yeah, so uh, Soho will be competing for the AEW World's Women's World Championship. Uh, they don't have a date yet, but it'll probably be on. Or do they have a date for it? No, they no, don't. No, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think they did. But she will be next in line for the title. Uh, next, we had the long-awaited MJF versus Chris Jericho match. Where it was a really good match. Yeah. I didn't, like, like I said, I read up on it and everything. And even about the restart... In the match? Yeah, and it was... I was okay with the restart, but it was how they did it. So, if there's one thing AEW does is they bury refs a lot. They make their referees look dumb as hell. Except in this match. Because we have a very observant referee. And AEW referees miss a ton of stuff. Except in this match where we had a second AEW referee notice that Chris Jericho's foot was on the rope before the count of three. 
as opposed to other matches in the same pay-per-view where a referee was looking at Miro and he thinks him was behind Miro. And the referee somehow did not see Miro mule kick Eddie Kingston in the nuts, even though he was looking right at him. Well, but son of a bitch, this referee was just on it, I guess. I don't know. So the. The Audrey didn't see the foot, but the other referee did. Correct, which is fine. It would have been fine if AEW refs didn't miss obvious things all the time. Well, what's well, I I see your point because uh, do, do you know or do you remember referee WWE by the name of Mike Yoda? Yes. Okay. Did you read his article about them? No, but I probably I probably should because uh, I would probably be interested to read that. Well, you remember when he worked for AEW at one point? Very briefly, it, but yes. Yes, it was the brief. He has tried even for free. He, he's posted in this article that he wants to help train the AEW referees. Well, I think he they're better. trained. I think they're trained just fine. It's the way that they're. It's the way well, that they're planning these matches. Oh, well, okay. Well, okay, but he he thinks that. The referees are out to part of like what other referees should be. But, and I get what he's saying because obviously he's a referee and everything. I'm not saying I'm like Earl Hebner or Kyoto or any of them because I'm not. Yeah, but you've done it before. Right. I get what he's saying on their, on his part on them, but he also needs to understand that they also do Lucha style type matches as well. Just when it comes to tags and everything. Bye, digress. Um, but yes, there's a restart and everything, and then finally Jericho won the match. Yep, so Jericho is not retiring from entering competition. And we had a nice moment where the inner circle came out and congratulated him. They celebrated together a bit. <clears throat> Next up, we had the seven years... In the making, the long-awaited CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Which here's my thing. Like I said, I was raped. I was at work that, that night when this was all happening, and I was, you know, going back in, reading on it, and everything, looking at results. I was surprised that, that match. Why did I understand they wanted to build the anticipation of this match? I get it. Well, I was surprised. This match in the semi-main event was a flip-flop. Yeah, some of the... Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. In fact, the semi-main event, I felt like, should have been the opening match, frankly. Well, I mean, well, okay. They should have had a match. Eddie, Eddie and Mira opened, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. That was fine. Then they should have... This, okay, they start off with that. Then it should have brought it down with QT Marshall and, Big, and Paul White. QT Marshall and Paul White should have been in the buy-in. Well, they, okay, but Paul White has the, and QT have the stroke, per se. That's why they were on the pay-per-view. Yeah, well, I, 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 I Yeah, but it was. They, they, 
had a little bit longer match to play in than, than anything. Which, obviously, before we get to Punk and Darby, their match was like maybe three minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, let's cover that one first. It was, uh, eh. It went exactly the way you'd expect. And, like, they, that match should not have been semi-main event. Not at all. Nope. And that's not a dig at QT Marshall or Paul White. It just, it's not that kind of match. That match should have been like second or third. Yes, I agree. I think they would agree, though. Paul White specifically. Right. And then, like I said, I respect Paul White tremendously. I've met the guy in Chicago at our show. And everything. And the guy still, the guy was taller than me sitting down. That dude is a big, he's a big motherfucker. Yes. But still, it's like, AW, just this much. If you're going to book a match like that, and it's not going to go that long at all. Make it earlier in the night. Yes. Oh, yeah, like, but, but I also get it too. Like, they did Darby Allen Sam Punk. Which is like one of the main reasons to buy the pay per view. Then they want to dial him back down with this little three minute match to get him right, right back up for the main event. I also get that too, but still, it's like this is one of those things that's like wrestling logic sucks. Yeah, but at the same time, it's a pay per view. I mean, I know, but still, this <laughs> is one of those things. But I, I digress. So. I can't believe it. Some people were really shitting on the CM Punk Darby Allen match, and I'm like, I don't know what match you were watching. Because I thought it was great. They were like, well, Punk slowed it down. I'm like, you think? He hasn't wrestled in seven years. Well, and not only that, let's think about this logically like CM Punk does. If you're having a match against someone like Darby Allen, are you going to beat him by speeding things up? No. No. You're going to slow him down. You're going to use your weight advantage like CM Punk did. You're going to use a lot of holds like CM Punk did. You're going to sit up when he tries to coffin drop you, like CM Punk did. Yes, he did. This I is, thought that was great. I thought it was awesome. I laughed, and not in a bad way. I was like, oh, geez, somebody never thought of that before. This is one of those matches that I did get to see the highlights of. I saw that part. I saw the beginning, which was the whole, which they were comparing this to Bret Hart and 1-2-3 kid from back in the day. Yep, they and were. I saw still. the and I saw their ending, uh, where it's like, holy crap, I can't get a hold of them. Boom, GTS, one, two, three. Like, oh, my God, that was an amazing finish. Well, and he did. He hit the GPS. Uh, the GPS. He hit the GTS once before, but Darby rolled out of the ring. Well, see, that, and like, that works. They both did. It was a great match. I don't know. Now, like, I will say, and this is not a knock on him, because, like, like we've said, he hasn't wrestled in seven years. Punk did seem like he was breathing pretty heavy, you know, at certain points during the match, which is understandable, but it didn't take away from it. At no point was I like, oh, he's out of shape. It was like, no. Heck, he might have been faking that. I don't know, because Punk's that damn good. Well, once he starts getting used to working in a ring more again, 
that it'll be that it'll be back, back to normal again. The only thing that bugged me was the tights. You know what? It was weird for me at first, but I kind of dig it. I'm sorry. I'm used to. Ch- I, 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 and when he first started wrestling, he was wearing the shorts, like Kevin Owens. Yep. And then the trunks. Now it's long tights. I'm like, what? What? Long tights? What? I, I, I will say this, though. CM Punk is known for anytime he's starting a new chapter, so to speak, he changes his look. So it's true. right It's right in line with what he's done in the past. That's true. And I, that's immediately what I thought of when I saw that. I was like, oh, he's never worn those. Oh, well, that makes sense because he started in fight shorts, eventually went to trunks, and it, it makes perfect sense. It's right up CM Punk's alley. Um, I was not dis- I was not disappointed. The crowd was not disappointed. The crowd was super into it. And I just I say I look forward to CM Punk wrestling pretty much anyone on the AEW roster. Which by this point, if you haven't watched Dynamite yet, we already know who he's going after. <laughs> who is he going after? I don't know. Who is he going after? Do you know? Because I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you or not know? I'm probably having a brain fart. Who is he going after? Team Taz. Oh, duh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which I thought I thought that was odd, but we're getting into post All Out week. Right, right. <laughs> and then the main event: Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega for the Impact World Title. Now for the AEW World Title. That's what I said. You said Impact. Did I? Yeah. This is, it's okay. We we know what you're talking about. Hey, World Title. Sorry. Um, I'm sure it was a great match, like they had, like they did with their first one and everything and whatnot. But then we knew Kenny. We knew Kenny was going to retain. Yeah, yeah. We knew Kenny was going to retain. Um, it was a great match. Here's my problem, and this is purely Kenny's fault. So after. After they do a really, really good hard-hitting spot to the floor, Kenny Omega sits up, looks dead in the camera, and goes, Did I do that? Oh, Jesus. Exactly. Took me right out the match. I was like, oh, God damn it. And it was fine up to that point. Kenny is not convincing when he talks trash because he sounds like a dork, like I was saying before. And then throwing, what does Steve Urkel have to do with being a wrestling champion? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just a goofy thing to say. And to make matters worse, after he won the match in his post-match promo, he says it again. (laughs) The same thing as though we didn't hear him say it earlier in the match. I believe he actually said, in the words of the immortal Steve Urkel, did I do that? And also, he needs to take classes on how to speak publicly because the way his line delivery when he's doing promos is terrible. Okay. One of his cohorts, who's a fucking vice president uh, with AEW, is a Rhodes Listen to the listen to him. Listen to Dustin 
let's they let's, let's compare Kenny Omega's promos and Cody Rhodes' promos. Here, here, here's Kenny. Here's Cody. Yeah, they're like, on totally different planets. Because listen, Cody, Cody understands timing. Kenny and, and Cody can utilize a pause. Yes. In ways that Kenny just seems to word vomit. And even the way he talks, it's, I, I, I can't even, it, it's right up there with this whole, you can't escape thing. It's fucking dumb. Like I said, you got two roads there. Who is the son of a plumber? <laughs> who slept in alleys and died on fucking beans to win the world title? The yeah. man who is a talking icon who can cut promos. Listen from that. Well, and then let's let's go through the list of everyone that could help Kenny Omega with his promos because he does desperately need help with his promos. You've got both the roads. Cody and Dustin, you've got Eddie Kingston, you've got John Moxley, now you've got CM Punk, which I'll, I, I won't even include him because he just got there, but, well, no, you, you have CM Punk. you got MJF. You've got MJF, you've got Don Callis, you've got Chris Jericho, you've got, you've got Arn, Anderson. Arn Anderson, you've got Tolly Blanchard. I mean... Like and there's more. I'm just having a brain fart. Like, <laughs> Kenny needs to learn how to cut a promo. Hey, hey, hey. we're gonna we're gonna end this out with everything, but I wanna I wanna get my thing on, on something that, that pisses me off. Wrestling logic. This pisses me off. Since the match is over, Kenny wins. Changes the title. Next thing you know, here comes Adam Cole, Bebe, yep. who is siding with the elite. Okay. okay. And then they go to do this shield. What well, you mean story time with Adam Cole, baby. Well, well, well I'll get into this point. I'll get into my point after we make the announcements of who else is. All of a sudden, next thing you know, Brian Jameson makes his debut. Yeah. Which I didn't think he was going to debut yet. No. I don't think that was necessary. Well, and not only that, what did it do? Other than let people know Brian Danielson is in AEW. Well, I set up the feud for that we know most most all out, who's going to be feeding for the world title next? Maybe. If, if Daniel Bryan is going for the world title, I think that's a mistake. Well, even then, I think he's just trying to get that get that match just to shut him up. Right, but and the reason I say it's a mistake is, well, it, it's always a mistake to have a newly debuting wrestler go for the world title and win it. Um. I think it's a mistake to have them go for the world title, especially in a place like AEW, where I thought wins and losses matter. 
Well, then that's it. Even well, what's funny is even on. I'm not trying to go way too ahead of myself, but even though on Dynamite during that promo that they had, he even said he's like, "That's not how this works. You gotta get wins, losses first before you can even get up to the world titles picture." Which Kenny's right. He's yep. right. But my thing is though is get back to Adam Cole. Is before Adam Cole when Adam Cole left Ring of Honor to go to WWE. They be I understand why they did what they did to get him out of the elite because he's going elsewhere. But yet he comes back. It's all elite wrestling. And he just joins up with the elite like it was nothing. Yeah, well, the one thing I did like is that you could see Adam Cole uh, basically saying to them, you think I forgot what you did to me when you thought he was coming in there to kick some ass? And I'm with you. I I could see him maybe eventually joining up with the Elite, but to do it right there, I think a much more satisfying ending would have been Adam Cole coming out, super kicking the box, super kicking Kenny, and then helping all them clear the ring. And then you just celebrate with Adam Cole. You know, and then you have Dan, uh, Brian Danielson debut at the New York show, like we were suspecting was the case. Well, then, well, right, but this this is what this is what we said with R.D. Runnels. Okay, um, um, they need to slow down on debuting talent. Yeah, they they debuted. I would say they made too many new debuts that night. They had four. And they've already... How can I put it? Um, how can I put it? <laughs> I read today that they're already trying to... That they're already trying to get Bray White to debut soon. Because they think that uh, his 90-day no-compete clause is going to be ended early or whatnot. Because they're trying to get him to debut on the – where uh, Brody Lee was, was from his hometown. Oh, trying to get him, Yeah, trying to get him to debut there. And to me, it's like, <laughs> slow down – and I, uh, I agree. Slow down on your debuts. You're a hot company. You're, you're hot doing this. You're hot doing that. Slow down. Yeah. You got too many talent right now. You need to you need to use them to your their abilities. So well and that might be that honestly might be why they're letting people which they've always been letting them, but like they're letting guys like Moxley go wrestle in GCW and New Japan and you know the Lucha brothers still wrestle in Mexico all the time. Um <clears throat> I know the EVPs don't really do much elsewhere, but it's my understanding that you can still do some indies if you wrestle for AEW, which I get. And it seems like they are going to do what I was talking about with uh, Brian Danielson. However, with the pandemic still being what it is, he even said during the media scrum, like, He'd love to go wrestle in New Japan and in Mexico and in, you know, the UK and all that, but he can't be quarantining for weeks on end. Right. Like he would need to. So basically, 
I don't know. They've got to be careful before it becomes the XWWE uh, show. Right. Well, you think it's about uh, time for your big announcement? What was my big announcement? Oh, uh, oh well, you, you talked about it on a uh, on uh, one of your um, on your unboxing. Are we are we still going to do that? We need to figure out the details, but there is an announcement. We got a Twitter. Yeah, yeah we got a Twitter. Twitter. We got an official Twitter. <laughs> and it is at down the middle P. Because at down the middle was taken, apparently. Yeah, there's a bunch of down the middle podcasts out there already. I've noticed. Yeah, well, screw you all. We're the best ones. Yes, we are. We're number one. We're number one. One of the few that's still active. <laughs> well, is there a ranking system on Spotify and everything of podcasts? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. But, just curious. So I, I can go ahead for those that don't know. Um... Oh, is there a message in the chat? No, I got. <clears throat> something else i'm getting distracted um so when i was in chicago i did go to pro wrestling tees i highly recommend stopping by if you're in the city but one of the things they do is they have these grab bag boxes that you can buy there's uh 20 ones or 30 i think it's 29.99 any i can't remember now <clears throat> but anyway they have a more expensive one which is three random shirts and then they have a cheaper one that's 10 something and it has three shirts, but they're like rejects or defects or whatever. Like they're, they call them Bosch boxes. So I thought it would be really fun. And I did an, an unboxing video in the hotel room that night. Pretty good haul. And somehow, somewhere, we got to figure out how we're going to do a contest. But so basically, we're going to have a contest where first place gets one of the new boxes, second place gets. Um, one of the Bosch boxes, and then third place can have the Bear Country shirt that I got that I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, all right. Because like I just I I don't want this shirt. Um. Yeah, we will talk about it. See how we can set this up. Because you know we're we're a good podcast. We 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 love our fans. Too. We love our fans, especially you we're bastards good. in New Jersey, you crazy bastards. Because our number one state is somehow New Jersey, and we know nobody in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know anybody in New Jersey. You know nobody in New Jersey, but there's people in New Jersey that listens to us and consistently, and they love us. So eat your heart out, New Jersey. We we like. I'll, I'll say this right now. We love each and every one of you guys, not just here in the States, but around the world who do, who does listen to us. I mean, he showed me the stats of people who listen to us outside of the country, outside of the United Both, States. Multiple countries. I'm surprised. And there's people that do listen to us everything, and I love it. I, I'm appreciative of every one of you guys. Yep. And we're going to have to, uh, we just got to, you got to tell your friends, share us on Twitter, like, 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 and retweet, retweet our stuff, share us on social media. Cause if we're going to get to Starcast, we need your help. 
Wes, we'd love to get the Starcast. If he has, if Conrad has Starcast next year, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to Starcast. Retweet it. Tweet out to Conrad, like, hey, there's these guys that does does podcast. Check these guys out. And if you're an indie wrestler, come on, or or one of the big name wrestlers, come on. Vince Russo, you're welcome on the show. If, Vince Russo, we would love to have you on the show. <laughs> and then, of course, we're gonna. I, I'm sure we're gonna have RD on again. Love to have Hazard F5 on again. Although I guess he's taking a break. Yes, he is. Yeah. So. He, he's been working very hard, especially during the pandemic and everything, to put out content, to keep living because he. I'm not going to say what his shoot job is because I know what it is. Um, and you have to do what he does and everything, and you are not really allowed to work. He has to do find ways to work and run other things, and YouTube was his primary focus on trying to live. So that's why. Yep. So. <clears throat> but I digress. So that wraps up All Out Week. It was a ton of fun, and I can tell you that when – AEW comes back to Indianapolis. We will be going. We will be there. Yes, we will both be there. Yep. And we'll try to get we'll try to get on the hard cam side so that you can see our obnoxious shirts billowing in the crowd. Hey. Hey. The hey, best I'm... shirts of all the best shirts of all time. I mean, they're really good shirts. Not gonna lie. They're they're very, very good premium high quality shirts. Guaranteed to get you the ladies. And by check, out the link, check out the link below in the description for all the merchandise for Down the Middle podcast. Uh, we got women's shirts, we got men's shirts, and we got hoodies. So check those out. And tank tops. Don't forget tank tops so you can uh, show off the guns. Oh, tank, yeah, tank tops. Got those too. We should send one to Johnny Hungy. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I should. That'd be funny as hell. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, I think that'll wrap it up. I'm going to go take some more cold medicine and pass out probably. Well, you do that, sir. And, uh, everybody, like I said, thank you for uh, supporting us up and up to this point. Um, I'm proud of everything we've done so far coming up to this point. Uh, like I said, us having Hazard F5 on here, uh, earlier this year and having RD Reynolds and, uh, I guess I would thank you guys for having us last this long so far. I'm I'm very happy with what we're doing. I, I really we're not going anywhere. <clears throat> so but we will see everyone in two weeks. Until then, enjoy your wrestling. See ya.